0: All righty. Sixers basketball is back. The rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated sportsbook app. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And... Brought to you by Adam Kasebi, the official realtor of the process, processrealtor.com, and our friends at Stateside Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. Get it at statesidevodka.com. If you were a, uh, a subscriber to the newsletter, you would have gotten a, a gift for your pet today. Um, so sign up for the newsletter at writesrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. On the show today, Sixers basketball back. Sixers play the Celtics tonight. The uh, 2021 mini preseason has begun. So we'll talk about the game. Sixers, Adam was there with a press pass that had rights to Ricky Sanchez on it. So we will will have Adam on to talk about covering the game legally. It's been nine months coming, I think, 10 months. Uh, The first officially credentialed member of the Ricky as well. You've been credentialed before, but fake credentialed as WIP, not Ricky credentialed. a new Simmons for Harden trade rumor, uh, a mailbag question about slapping the hardwood, maybe a third way of wiping, and if we get to it, um, Sam Hinkie's new website and a new profile on Sports Illustrated about Jimmy Butler. Uh, before we get going, I mentioned Stateside Vodka is the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. Liquor is a great gift. For Christmas, for Hanukkah, for New Year's, liquor, 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 and the best one that you're gonna buy is Stateside vodka and uh, Stateside uh, Black Label bourbon. Black Label bourbon. Stateside vodka is made right here in Philly, distilled seven times, gluten free, kosher, carb free, and fucking delicious. Even just there with a a rock and a lemon and a lime and some water, uh, you can get it delivered anywhere in PA or pick it up curbside by ordering statesidevodka.com or get it at your local PA wine and spirit store. Or if you're not in PA, your local liquor store. Uh, stateside vodka, please drink responsibly and you got to be 21. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Gladys. We were right y'all Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who's thrilled with Sam Hinkie's new career because he just can't get enough venture capital, Mike Levin.
1: We're back. We are back. Doing basketball, talking about the team, mm-hmm. wanting Tobias Harris to make quicker decisions. Well, yes. two we out of three It's really
0: not that bad. So Sixers, Celtics tonight. Um, you know, I it's my mind is so jumbled, I don't even know how we talk about a game. I like because the outcome obviously
1: doesn't matter. So maybe we just go guy I just, by guy. Couldn't disagree more. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> if there there's two options. They can yep. win or lose. And I mm-hmm. would like them to win, especially against the Celtics. Let's make it a habit. Sure. If they beat the Celtics. Um People were saying that, like, oh, the Celtics are so shorthanded. Well, Kemba's out for a couple months, right? A month or two? Um, yeah, a month or two, I think. And Daniel Tice is out. Other than that, that's the team. I guess Tristan Thompson. Yes. I, this is, I mean, I don't know. That's the team, I mean, except for their, except for three major rotation I guess, guys. I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess. <laughs> Jeff Teague played, like, the best player of all time. Uh, he hit, hit every shot. Every three for him was like a layup. So that's going to yep. be something we have to factor into this season against us. Jeff Teague will not miss. Um, it was just nice. It was nice to win. Um, I don't know. Boston Can seems it- a little bit, a little bit light, a little bit light on one end, a little light on the other. Three good players and the really good players in the middle, and uh, uh, not, not seeing it, not seeing it on the uh, on our friends on our friends cussing cussing some cries can i give you my i'll give you my big my my main reaction to the game here's
0: my one of my takeaways and i guarantee you this was not after he played so well this was i think it was four minutes into the game i texted mike o'connor i I think they're gonna have to start shake milton eventually um and not not specifically because of how he played. I'll tell you, you know, obviously Josh Richardson uh, was not what we expected he would be, but he did. I I just think we're going to need an actual guard who can dribble in the starting lineup. And if there's not a trade, I, that is my, my main reaction is that they're going to need a more guardish type guy in that starting lineup. Um, and that, that is my my big takeaway is that Shake, I think, will end up starting if there's not a trade.
1: So they looked rusty. Like they're they certainly the offense was clunky and slow and didn't, you know, aside from personnel, just having more spacing in that end, it didn't look like crazy fluid or anything. Like the mm-hmm. passes weren't, you know, the the sets were took a while to get into and the passes were not always all the way there. And uh, yeah, they still they need the you know their two best like creation ability players like from the three point line. I think Shake is clearly the best, and I would say two is probably somewhere between Korkmaz and Tobias Harris. Um, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, I would add I, mean, I would add, um, Tyrese Maxey, but we'll we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as Shake goes, I think like. He looks way more comfortable with the ball in his hands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His handles look great. Uh, his passing, I think, has improved as, as far as just like knowing where to get the ball. Um, I wanted to see him hounded a little bit over the course of the game, and, and Marcus Smart switched onto him a couple times, um, which is good to see because obviously Marcus Smart, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, he's just, you know, he looks really empowered going to the rim, pulling up off the dribble. Um, it's <laughs> this is who I thought he'd be. And he's like he's great. I love him. I loved him before the draft. He shot forty-two percent over from three, over th- over forty-two percent from three in three straight years at SMU, and then uh, again last year in the NBA. The shot is real. Like it is not. It is no longer a surprise. And in fact, you expect shake shots, shake shots to go in. Um, it's awesome. It's great. This is why you make picks in the second round. This is why you don't sell them for yachts. Um, I actually don't have a sense of how much yachts cost, so maybe you can't sell them for yachts, but maybe to be a part of a, a package for a yacht. Um, the defense was good on shake on shake's end. He, I think maybe maybe I was uh, premature. You asked me if the 15 pounds was real. Maybe maybe they, they did uh, do something uh, uh, putting on that 15 pounds of muscle. Who knows. Um, and friggin' the Celtics trapped him at half court. They doubled him at half court to try to get the ball out of his hands, and opened up a very open cork one three that he missed. Uh, it's awesome. I love Shake. It seems like he loves playing for Doc. Doc probably thinks he's the best player of all time. Um, he's not wrong. I I don't he know. He seems I, I to don't... love playing for Doc. He does. <laughs> He does. He's been talking about him. Doc's talking about him all the time. It's like they're, they seem like they're just a good pairing. He's talking about him as, as like a Lou Williams type off the bench. I truthfully don't really care about who starts, who doesn't. Um, well, but I, I, it matters.
0: Because that's the team that starts the game.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, but the points at the beginning of the game count just as much as the points in the second quarter. It doesn't, whatever. Whatever they, whatever. If well, Seth wants to start and it feels, like, important for Seth to start and shake coming in off the bench is good for rhythm, like, it doesn't matter to me that much. I agree that they need more, like, creation ability. Even shake, uh, who I love, I, is still, like, a little slow. And when the game tightens up, I think um, it's going to be tough for him to get to the rim, but he certainly uses his length well. He had a couple nice... Finishes around the rim, one rimmed out. Um, He's pulling up really confidently off the dribble. Like it's just, he's just an improved player, and this is great. Um, But I agree that that they're if you know if they're trying to get all the way, then they are still lacking a like quick scoring guard that can create for himself. Yeah, I mean, because even if you if you start Milton,
0: then you you lose Milton off the bench right that's the that what it tells you is that there's obviously a a big hole in that way and I I, I think what it reminded me of was even you know we compared this team and Michael Connor wrote an article for dot com about uh this this roster versus the 17 18 roster right that's the the most the easiest comparison to make is this team to that team Because, you know, you have the uh, Seth Curry to Redick, you have Danny Green to Covington, that sort of thing. And I remember that team, we were like, man, it always takes so many passes and moves and actions to get a shot somewhere and that's what it started reminding me of it's like oh when this is working it's great and this is a good team but everything takes a lot of motion and a lot of stuff even when it's working and um they just they need a guy who can dribble and and get his own shot in that starting lineup you know
1: yeah i mean i'm not i'm certainly not writing seth curry off in any in any real way i think he looked a little slow out there he looked a little small not necessarily on defense i don't think he got like exploited on defense really but just like Going to the rim, I think he had a shot blocked once or twice. Um he shot he had a shot blocked out by the perimeter. Um, passing didn't look great either, honestly. Yeah, I mean it's just I think there's I think some slowness and, and rustiness is to be expected. I think he's a better ball handler and and can get good looks for himself just because of the threat of his shot that mm-hmm. than he showed tonight. Um but yeah, he's I mean, this is why he's a um he's been a predominantly, you know he's worked himself into being a sixth man type um, and a little bit of just a like uh, you know, mid-level exception type of player. It's why he's not the one of the, you know, paid more. I think it's, I think his deal is good, but it's why it's why he's on that kind of deal. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I think he's going to be better than we saw tonight, but uh, it's interesting. I think you look around at, okay, any team with Embiid on it is going to be good at defense depending on, how engaged he is, and he looked very engaged tonight. Um, he looked like he was moving around uh, quick, more quickly
0: quickly than we saw him most of last year. I would say he looked a little lighter on his feet. His body looked the same to me, but he did look like he was moving around well.
1: Is, yeah, but I, I think a little, a little, certainly less lumbering. Certainly, a, I think yeah. a little thinner to me, svelte. Um, any, any, like last year they decided, like, hey, we have this, you know one of the best you know de- defensive fives of his generation i think he's he was automatically good right away when he come into the league and he's hopefully gonna he's he's you know waned a little bit over the course of time he hasn't been a straight line but i think theoretically and when we look back at Embiid's career we'll look back at him as being one of the best uh you know superstar defensive big man uh of of the era that's what i'm hoping um and so I think they they doubled down on like, well, let's just, if everybody can, if we only had good defensive players, then like we'll have to win. Like we'll have to, they would not, no one could do anything about it, but it turned out like basket, like it's, there's a fluidity to it. And mm-hmm. I think that they like missing, basically like not caring as much about the offensive end and thinking it'll just kind of come together because like individually these players are good. I think is just a very, it's not, it affects defense, it affects, you know, attitude and mood and stuff. And I think like, it was really clear last year that these guys didn't like playing together. And it was clear tonight that they like had a better time. And there's like Embiid with space, Simmons with space, like they're in a better place, mentally, emotionally, physically. And Embiid gave a post-game interview where he, I've never heard any player talk about this as much as he does, like regularly. talking about like hey yeah that team like two or three years ago that was fun and good and like when when we had shooters like Kov and Dario and JJ and then like we kind of didn't for a couple years and now we're back to that and it seems like it last year he must have been like looking at I'm sure he has not anything against Josh Richardson or Al Horford like individually maybe but like he's probably looking at them like what the fuck are you guys doing here What's going right. on? Like I right. it, it must have been really frustrating. So now, like wh- whether whether or not you know passing judgment on like, hey, you should still you know do your job and want to be good and and make them into the best players they can be. That's what like soup like the the peak levels of superstar players do. Fine, you can make that argument, but there's certainly something to be said about a team making it easier on your star player when you say like, okay, you're going to anchor the defensive end and then we're just going to get a bunch of guys to make your life easier on offense. And as much as like, I, I look at defense, I look at rebounding, Dwight looked good. We can talk about that, but it's just a matter of like the only thing that I look at this team and think they could use something of that is a, a perimeter creator that can get his own shot. Yeah. But that that's an important thing. You know, yeah, for it's sure. It's
0: such an important thing. The, uh, you know, you mentioned Tobias Harris. He looked exactly like Tobias Harris passing up, uh, an open three to dribble into a
1: contested 17 footer. Um, I think he looks is, even slower. I think, you oh, really I, I'm I, you know, it's tough. He's the highest played player on the team and there's a target on his back. <laughs> if he was, if he was making like $13 million a year, would we think, would we talk about him as much? Would we like dissect mm-hmm. his game as much? Probably not. Um, but man, like slow decisions—that's the—that's the most confusing thing for me, because he's a like he's obviously very smart. He's a smart human being, but to not be able to like diagnose quick, like, hey, Ben's open and he's posting up a smaller guy, give it to him right now. Hey, we're on a two-on-one break, like give him the ball quickly. Hey, Ben's on the break by himself, like why are you throwing like a lollipop pass? Like it—it's just really and it's preseason. It's preseason. The only thing that matters are the good things, and the things that don't matter are the bad things. We've acknowledged that. Even if they're exactly like the old bad things. Right, right. only the wins count, of of 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it'd be really nice if... And, and, you know, again, on the offensive end, not... You know, his weaknesses are his weaknesses. He's not a quick decision maker. He doesn't get to the line, and he... Uh, there was one good like swing the ball to tobias and he goes right up with it for three i think it was over jalen in the corner that went in and it was like that's great do that all the time um yeah. but a lot of time it's just like it's not comfortable for him and hopefully um in a different system than they ran for him in with docs uh because he played for doc in in la i hope hopefully the familiarity with doc will be like get him to at least come out of that a little bit. Like I was saying last time, I think, like, we're, he's not going to become a different person, but if you can just, like, work the margins a little bit and be like, give me 5% better foul drawing here, give me, like, 10% quicker threes here, then I think it would make a difference. But tonight was just, not that night.
0: Just when you're open, shoot the three. Like, I, I don't even know... I. There are a lot of things that you can't fix. I just, that one seems like you could probably fix it. You already got the money. You don't have to worry about your percentages. Just, and he's not a natural three-point shooter, right? He, to his credit, he worked himself into being a three-point shooter. He didn't
1: come into the league as that. It's, you know, a a process over the last seven years. And you can tell based on the ball he shoots, like, it's a, it's a, it's a short, front rim ball and that actually I think in the in the mid-range and kind of around the rim works out for him because his touch really comes into play there in that like he just kind of lays it on the front rim and it's sort of like finds a way in I think that's 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 beneficial there but from three he doesn't have the advantage of that kind of touch and it just feels like he's always short especially when he's like more than tippy toes behind the line you know yeah um
0: you mentioned Joe. Um, it seemed like he shot eight threes in the
1: first half, just Great. to let everyone know he's still going to do it. Great, good, yeah. But I think you're right. I think you said he was, he was moving more, like as in Ben would drive, and then he would also move, like drive with him and cutting from like twenty, twenty three feet out, um, and Ben finding him on the move as a way to get easy buckets in a way that you kind of haven't seen him do that since like his rookie year, you know. Um, and I thought that was nice, but he still I think he showed like his kind of arsenal of of game. I, he, we didn't really get to see him do much playmaking out of the post, but um, having the shooters out there allowed him to operate on his own. And I think people have talked about this already on online, but like Brad Stevens basically throwing Robert Williams into the fire and being like, hey, you're defending him one on one. This yeah. is like preseason reps. Go, go get it. And he just can't handle him in the post like that. Um, there was one time, gun down one, and you could hear Doc on the broadcast. I, I unfortunately have the TNT broadcast, which was, oh boy, Marv Albert. How is he still paid to do this? Remarkable. Um, uh, you can hear Doc yelling, "Run it again, run it again!" Like just take it to him, and it's it's fun to see. Like let's let's have. That version of Embiid where it's like you can't stop me and if you kick it and if you do it I will I have Seth Curry. who's one of the best three-point shooters of all time Danny Green Tobias Harris, Shake Milton out there ready to shoot anything. So that's that's the kind of like, you know Football analogy you can't stop the run and as soon as you put everybody in the in the box We're gonna then you have nobody covering whoever on the on the way you're uh, famous for your uh,
0: football analogies Everyone knows that's what you're. Uh, I like you're, football. I talk about yeah. football all the time. No, I'm. Don't don't be offended. I
1: just. <laughs> I do. I've made football analogies I make baseball analogies. Bobby Abreu. Like I've, I'm. i ai I'm a. I'm a. Th- I'm a three sport athlete. You don't. You don't have to. You know. Be defensive.
0: I was just. Just making a joke. That's all. Uh, they. We, we had asked on the, I didn't know what they were going to do as far as crowd noise. So they, we'll talk about, we'll talk to Sixers Adam about this when he comes on, but uh, it wasn't crowd noise just on the broadcast. They pumped it into the actual venue. Uh, I got to tell you, it's the funniest thing. The viewing experience feels exactly the same to me as when there are fans there, I don't miss the fans one little bit. Watching it on TV in the room, it's probably fucking weird, but um, but on TV, I think it's fine.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't really. I mean, I miss it in the sense that, like, I think it provides all the things it provides, and it's like, oh, you would you would love to just see a, a real crowd reacting to like shake on a heater. Um, but yeah, I think we're at this point. We're pretty used to it. Uh, who else? Who else? Furkan had a nice little game, I thought. Yeah, he seems he seems like he got a little stronger, finishing through contact. He, he talked about improving his handle, um, and I think you saw that there was a possession where uh, Jeff Teague was kind of hounding him a little bit, and he sort of confidently spun a couple ways and just like kept him kept him within arm's length, and then eventually took it to the rim and, and absorbed contact and, and finished. Um, he's never. I think AU made this point. Uh Korkmaz and Shake are never hitting shots at the same time. There's just no. it's never happened in the same game. Yeah. The idea of both of them making shots and uh, with any regularity together is it seems like the second that happens, you know, it's like pants, pants around our ankles running around like we have the Splash Brothers. Um, but not yet. It hasn't happened. Um and then there was some good defense from Korkmaz. There was I I think Kyle Newbeck made this made this point because he was there, but on a on a Korkmaz rotation on defense. Uh Justin Anderson was like screaming encouragement for him making the right read and playing that. And that's I love that shit. Justin Anderson, welcome back. Your clunky ass shot and weird j- just general on-court presence is fine, but uh we love you on the bench. Ne- needed some good bench morale for sure after the first per- Screaming like the at year or too. You you, screaming you mentioned Screaming positive, positive screaming yeah, that's his, that's
0: his his big benefit. Uh, do you want... You know what? I'm going to let my... Uh, talk for a second about something. I'm going to let my cat in the room so she stops meowing. Great. This will all go on the pod. I'll, uh, I'll find out what you're talking about when we get back.
1: I loved watching Danny Green tonight. I think he was... Um, just really exactly what you expected him to be um, as far as sort of a, you know, uh, Robert Covington... Uh, person, just be a be a. Don't try to do too much. Be use your length and anticipation on defense. I think he poked poked the ball out like three or four times. Danny he took, Green he, had a good yeah. game. He took yeah. he took open threes. He made smart choices. It just seems like thank you, <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, just general. Um, there's something to be said about just a, a really stabilizing presence there, and I'm sure he's going to go on like a three for 170. From three yeah. stretch at some point, but um, he's good and he, and he and he also like is slower than you want him to be on the perimeter at this point. Like guys, quicker guys can get around him, but he's really smart and positions himself well. And I think for one year, like it's going to be a hundred percent totally fine. And I think well, he's, I'm just happy that he's around because he doesn't need he doesn't need to do that much. He just needs to do the things he's good at. Well, can I tell you what the best thing for Danny Green is? Nobody in the stands. So.
0: We all know the year even if he has a good year we all know he's going to catch shit from people
1: and i'm just glad he's not going to go have to go through that thing with our fans this particular year i mean i mean the lakers fans felt the same way about yeah about yeah. him so i think at this point he's been in the league long enough and it's gone like through enough thing. up and downs that he's like used to it maybe but uh yeah <laughs> but yeah he's not a guy that i would worry about like confidence i mean sometimes the shot goes in sometimes it doesn't like it's just it's you know 40 means you're missing three out of five and and uh, nobody knows that more than Hollis Thompson. Hollis Thompson, obviously a Danny Green uh, protege, disciple, um, and so I, not a guy I'm really concerned about. But uh, happy that he's he's here. What did you think about Ben? Do you think he looked like I didn't? I didn't notice any sort of back impingement that didn't. He seem looked like there exactly was... like Simmons to me. Exactly. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that, right... that he he had that. Uh, sorry, he had that little hook shot that, uh, on Grant yeah. Williams. That he, I think, like kind of went away from for a couple years. It seems like that was more in his first year or two, and it was kind of nice to see him like sort of confidently go up with that. He's still not getting to the rim, getting to the line, but uh, I thought he, I thought he looked very like right, he, nothing more, nothing less. than like this is Ben Simmons, this is what Ben Simmons does. You're putting Ben Simmons in a position where he can succeed with better fitting players around him, and he didn't give you anything more than that. Yeah, the problem with that hook shot is I just don't think it's a good shot, but it it went in, you know.
0: Um, uh, The Rise to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, So I reached out to DraftKings Sportsbook, and their head odds maker is this guy, uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Avello. And I wanted to know what would happen to the Sixers championship odds. And uh, this is, again, 100%. This is speculative. You can't hold them to this. This is just uh, what he thinks would happen. So I want to know what would happen to the Sixers championship odds if they flipped Simmons for Harden. Um, So they are currently plus 2,000 to win the championship with... Harden, they would go to plus 1200 um so yeah and then so 20 to 1 to 12 to 1 and then to win the east they're currently plus 900 and they would go to plus 450. so i overshot the effects of both of them my guess was uh i think plus 900 and plus 300 so so there you go um i don't know if that's more or it's obviously the less than i thought it would be i don't know what what you what you would think the Sixers odds would be they would be my guess is the two favorites which are Milwaukee and Brooklyn would probably back down a little bit and Brooklyn Milwaukee and Brooklyn Milwaukee and Philly would all be about the same two in the east yeah sounds about right uh DraftKings Sportsbook uh here's the real odds wishing you happy holidays kick off the season of giving new promotions and odds boost every day this week every single day Tons of games this week, we got football, basketball. You can bet on preseason basketball if you want. Who cares? Come on, bet. They didn't have the Ben bet. They didn't have the Ben three-pointer bet. Uh, they don't have player props during the preseason. I'm waiting for that one. Waiting to lose another 400 bucks this season on that bet. Um, all new players get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you sign up using promo code RTRS. Tons of ways to bet. Bet in game, uh, bet parlays, combined bets. Use the casino, whatever you want. Safe, reliable, secure. Deposit when you want. Withdraw when you want. It's all here in this country, um, so you don't have to worry. You're not using those offshore betting, all that offshore betting stuff. There app is top rated because it's the best one download it now use promo code rtrs when you sign up get a deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars that's code rtrs to get a deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars for a limited time only a DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older pennsylvania only in partnership with meadows racetrack and casino bonus comprised of a first deposit uh, deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER you want to talk about Maxi?
1: Yeah. I mean, he love him. Good. Wish, wish we got yeah. him in a little earlier, but um, it was cool that he got to play point guard, which yeah. he didn't honestly do a ton of at uh, at Kentucky. Um, and they really, Doc really handed the keys to him. So it was uh, him in that, like, th- did he even come in? Did he come in in the all in the third quarter or just only the fourth? I kind of don't remember. I think um, it was only the fourth. But he looked, he looked pretty good. I think it was like showing Because he opened him, up with a couple of drives. Um, yeah, so he drove. He found, he found an open Mike Scott third. a couple yeah. times. I think... I look at him this time and like... He doesn't have the flat out burst. But he plays somewhat like a more controlled Tony Roten with, uh, I would say, better vision and a better shot. Like not obviously a perfect comp. But like as far as... Like energy level and just you know hustle, get on the ball, and I think just like making things happen. I think you know that would maybe be a uh, a knock on him on other podcasts, but on our podcast, you know that that's said with a, tr- a tremendous amount of love and respect. Um, I would love to see some more burst out of him. Like I, I think that's what I felt like in Kentucky, and I, I would I would guess that's why he dropped in the draft. Is that like people looked at him and go like, well, what's he really great at? like what's he elite at what's his elite NBA skill um and i see that but i think i think he has the athleticism in him to get where he wants to and i think it'll just come with like tightening his handle and stuff but he had a really nice uh euro step drive and reverse finish around Grant Williams who's obviously one of my favorites and an excellent defender um he had a string of in like 3 minutes he had three floaters well, i think one was a floater and then like two were runners like i don't i don't know if he makes that distinction but uh sometimes they look a little bit weird but they drop and um just he, ex, he, just exciting out there looks great wearing number zero like i mean i i love him it's it's unbelievable that he fell that that far to us and i i think he's going to force his way into this rotation because they they just need that skill set yeah he didn't look out of place that that's the
0: thing that i noticed most is that he yeah. you know he he looked like he he belonged yeah
1: the, i just think about it, like when you say out of place i think of like evan turner his like first couple first couple games like getting blocked like and I don't know if it was like summer league or preseason or what Did, I just like ima- I'm so imagining him like taking like an eleven footer and getting blocked like it was just like okay no it's fine this is this yeah. is what we wanted at the second pick just like convincing ourselves it was
0: yeah right the, the Evan Turner because I remember do you remember when he like he like crossed over Dwayne Wade or something and um and he he like. I think he missed the jumper, but, like it was a nice yeah. little move. and i I remember just of all I was watching of him, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that one four second time when he <laughs> yeah. was good. he missed it, but like good. he could, you know, like I've seen him make jumpers other times, and I've now that he made this one play. <laughs> and if you just put those together, that's a good player. Uh, before right. we get to Adam, is there anybody else you wanted to mention? Yeah, I mean, i I really like uh obviously, he's had an odd career and is uh sort of an imbecile in different ways but like i i loved dwight's physicality out there oh yeah yeah i he think looked good. Uh, he looked as good. far as a backup center like he's just a big rim rolling guy that will be a like he'll push guys out of the way he'll rebound really hard he won't try to do too much although in pregame video watching him take and make a bunch of corner threes uh was pretty alarming and uh just makes you realize how good NBA players are. Uh, right. Because he just made like seven corner threes in a row and you're like, he would never take those shots. Um I, I tell good, people
0: I tell people all the time when they see a a warm-up video that excites them, just go to fucking warm ups one day and yeah. watch
1: everyone do that effortlessly. Yeah, that's wild. But so I think I just think like as far as, you know, when you think about what MB does well, and obviously he's a big guy and he's pushing people around as well, but you know, because he's so, so much more of a focal point. Then you have Dwight in there, who's just like, "Here's what I do: I rim run, and I push people out of the way." And he's going to foul too much. He's going to f- make it make dumb plays for sure. I watched I watched it all last year with the Lakers. But I think like as far like having a roller that opens up lanes for other players. Like he he Shea hit him with an alley oop. Him and Tobias ran pick and roll, and then the big. I forget who the big was, but the big stayed with. Dwight on the pick and roll, so Tobias had just like a finger roll in, like it just opens things up. And having a guy that plays above the rim, we just have not had enough of those, and so it's mm-hmm. nice. And it, and it honestly makes me, because I can't say anything without bringing up a process sixer, uh, it makes me realize. And once again, that giving up Rashawn for nothing was a was a total dumb fuck move. Well, the good thing is they also gave up Nerlens for nothing, <laughs> and we got Just Anderson, you know. and we got him back, so it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, and then I would say. Uh, you know, Matisse looked bad. Like, he, oh, oh, he, yeah. He can, can I? It, he
0: he has this thing where I'm like, what is he? He looks like he was dropped in the middle of a fucking game and he woke up in the middle of it or something. Like, yeah. he he doesn't play with a. I don't think he's not serious. That's not what I think, but that's the way it looks. He looks like he's just not paying attention, like he's flighty
1: or something. I think that it needs to be a level of. I don't know if they're trying to add stuff to his game or what, but like, I need. I, I basically need Matisse to be, like, Dwight as a wing. Like, just do the things that you're good at and do do them very well and focus on them um I think he, he, he handled the ball a couple times and I thought that his handle looked you know less sort of deerish than it did last year but still like he, made, like, he threw, like he threw like a behind the back pass like on the baseline in a weird place um fouled in very odd ways just did not look did not look good and it's, it's the first preseason games a, in a short offseason with weird stuff so like whatever it could be nothing but um his spot in the rotation is certainly not like locked in yeah no. um and yeah, he just needs to, he needs to, I, I think on the one hand, his, his role is what he does, what he does. They need it. They need him. They, they, they need him to do it. Um, I'm not like a hundred percent sure he's at the place where he'll be able to do it consistently or reliably. Um, because there's just not that, there's not that many, you know, it's, it's Ben and Danny and not that many other wing defenders. Although I think Tobias had a couple nice defensive moments and, and Korkmaz as well and shake as well. Um, but Matisse is, is that kind of, um, game-changing player on that end and he just he just need he needs to be better for sure well a, a lot of times he ends up i was going to compare it to norval
0: pell he's like a wing version of a big that goes for every block and they can trick him into fouls Like he goes for steals there was one point it looked like he was trying to reach over the guy's head while he was standing up I w- and he fouled the guy and i was like what are you doing um and yes it is just the first preseason game but just like tobias it Unfortunately, it looks like the same problem as before. So,
1: if I uh, if I do turn yeah. on Matisse, it's just so it, it could be just so easy to just start to be like, hey, maybe a little less blogging. Like that, there's so much yeah. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. so much material there to just like become that guy. And I'm not I'm not yeah. going to be. And I'm if, if for at least for a while. I still think I still wholly mm-hmm. believe in Matisse is a very very uh, very useful NBA player, um, but. Uh, but yeah, didn't look good tonight. Isaiah Joe airballed his first shot. Uh, that's fine. Jitter, jitters. People were on on Twitter talking about how he cha- looks like he changed his release and stuff. I, I don't think he changed his release. I think he was just nervous. I think he's just like coming out there playing a game of basketball for the f- in like a professional setting for the first time, well ever. But uh, playing in a real game for the first time in like eight, nine, nine months. Um, and I, he's a he's a high volume shooter he, it's going to take him some time to get to nba speed but like he's going to he's going to shoot he's going to be fine i'm not worried that he forgot how to shoot or change his release and he's Markel. like i'm not worried I'm not worried i'm not putting that into the universe it's not happening um and just generally you just thought, put it in the universe buddy no you other people put treating, it in i'm putting it out, i'm ahead. taking it out of the universe other people put it okay. in and i'm taking it out of the universe um and i just want to say uh paul reed didn't play tonight but do you know what paul reed's twitter handle is Oh no! Uh, CJ, our video
0: guy, was telling me that he tweeted something. I don't know what his his Twitter handle is. So he's,
1: so Paul Reed is the rookie that they drafted in the fifty eighth or whatever pick from out of DePaul, yeah. um, power forward center type. Uh, he's on a two way, and his Twitter handle is B Ball Paul. And I just think that's the most adorable Oops. thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. I was like B Ball Paul. What a pure sweet thing for it to be. And so and he's tweeting up a storm. Good for him. Uh, excited about excited about Paul Reed. Um, huh. Is B-ball, is there an Paul. underscore in it? There is an underscore. B ball underscore okay. Paul. Uh, okay. Sweet guy. What a nice what a nice man. Um, who do you think is going to get that uh, that final roster spot between uh, I guess Justin Anderson and Vincent Poirier?
0: I have no idea. Probably Justin Anderson because it doesn't seem like
1: they'll need. Poirier, I, I don't he, know. He did look pretty good tonight. I gotta say, I was impressed by him. But if they carry four centers in this roster, plus uh, Paul Reed on a two-way, beatball Paul uh yeah. plus <laughs> the possibility of going to a small ball Ben Simmons at five lineup, not something I would like say. Would they have to try? But I would love to like at least have that option sometimes of seeing what it looks like. Um, I really don't think that this team needs that many centers, and so no. I think Justin Anderson's gonna make it as that 15th guy, he did look bad tonight. I wouldn't rule out Daryl just being like, well, somebody else got cut on a different team. And I know that Joel's friends You're with him, gone. but like, we're going to yeah. go get the better guy. I, I wouldn't yeah. disagree with that. But I, I think, you know, every, all those other camp guys are gone. Bro Koff, uh, Derek Walton, Justin Robinson, uh, Lamine Janae. So it's, it's down to those two, but uh, I, th- I think they should just let it be Justin Robinson. Let him be bench guy. Let him and Dwight be just yelling on the bench all, all game, having fun. Just like bro- 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 broke Off, I'll tell you, there's been a lot of weird runs as Sixers in our
0: seven <laughs> years, but Brokoff's is pretty fucking weird.
1: We'll never forget him. Yeah, never, never played never. in a game, never played in a. Did he even practice? Yeah, we practiced obviously this time, but did he yeah, practice before he got his his wife got COVID? No, and I I I'm not
0: even convinced he is act like I think it might be a bit like I, maybe
1: he's not actually an NBA player. I'm just getting a text something. that. L.L. Pavorski said Ryan Brokoff just bought a ring from him, as the 200th uh, engagement ring. That's how no, real I, Ryan Brokoff is. It, no. <laughs> uh, Wait, are you, you, you're not being serious? It's, no, are it's, you? A it's a oh, joke. Okay. Um, and I want to say, oh, good news. We, we talked about this last time. Uh, before we get to Adam, uh, our friend Nicholas, who listens to the podcast, who was in the hospital with COVID um dm is saying that uh it was scary for a while but he is out of the hospital and feeling much better uh which is great like to good. hear great That's to awesome. hear, sign so everybody stay safe it's scary out there so for the first
0: time ever a uh at a, a professional sporting event somebody went to this professional sporting event with a media credential and for organization under that person's name it had rights to ricky sanchez and the the person who had the honor of being the first ever credentialed person of this media organization is one Sixers Adam. Welcome. How did it feel?
2: It was bizarre. It was very bizarre. I mean, the minute I walked into the building, I had like three different people checking my temperature. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, like, immediately there's like, a six section span where they're like, you can only go here. You cannot leave under any circumstances. And then you go into the crowd and there are just a bunch of tables set up in the crowd. This is very. I, I saw
0: like each each. So each media member had one of those tables.
2: Yep. Yeah. There were 30 of them. Who did you sit I, next to? Uh, I was the closest person to me was Jason Blevins.
1: Was anyone okay. mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody was mean to me. Okay. You know who to tell if someone was mean to you, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I would just put them on blast on this.
1: That's right.
0: That's the correct um, answer. Yeah, that is, that is a, a good answer. So, um, well, I'll I'll, I'll say and Rich Hoffman tweeted this. You, so when you originally, so here's what originally happened. You originally got a press pass when you were working with Liberty Ballers. You went to a game. Is that what happened? or I
2: went to several games, probably like, seven or eight
0: and at some point the Sixers found out that you were under 18 years old and it was against league policy and they revoked your pass correct so the first thing I wanted to say and because Rich Hoffman did tweet about it where they have you sitting for press now in the middle of the venue is far superior to where actual press is
2: so much better yeah normally actually yeah normally it's right behind the basket uh and it's it's close to the floor but also the basket's blocking your view of everything this was like from baseline to baseline 94 feet
0: yeah you can't i would say that there's a solid 20 to 30 percent of the court that you cannot see when you sit in normal press right it be, so so that is the positive um but uh so so you get kicked out and then you join the ricky and when you turned 18 we had plans on once again getting you credentialed and then at, like as if it were planned that way the yep. pandemic stopped
2: your your march yep. toward legal gun <laughs> I game was covering. I was 2 weeks away and the, and the what? and the pandemic shut it down what was it like
0: so on on TV we were talking about on TV it's with the piped in crowd noise and the fact that you don't see the crowd, it feels like a normal game. What does it
2: feel like in the building? It is extremely weird and kind of disorienting because they'll just like bring out the Sixer Stixers and do the whole, you know, make some noise like they, you know, the, like the Rocky music playing and everything. And there's just like, it, there's nobody there. It's just like a did bunch of writers feel, sitting quietly.
1: Did you feel <laughs> compelled to make some noise?
2: I did not. No, I, I did not feel
1: compelled at all to make some noise. It's your first test. How were the vibes generally? In the arena, uh, with the team, could you, were you getting sort of, could you feel the vibes getting sprayed on you positively? <laughs> uh, the vibes
2: were weird because nobody's done this before, obviously. This is the first game. Uh, I, I walked in and I saw Tom Moore, who was like frantically on the phone with someone trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, And that's kind of what we were all doing. Uh, It was very, very, I mean, you get assigned a table and then you have to go into the crowd and find your table. It's all very weird.
0: And then, so the availability is all on Zoom, right? right? You're not anywhere near the players or
2: the coaches, right? Right. Unless you happen to be like, you know, you're seated near the bench or something. I wasn't.
0: Don't you think like the whole process of even going to the game is actually kind of hilarious? Yes, in,
2: in, in this respect, it's yeah, it's, it's taking multiple surveys before you go in, uh, getting three different temperature techs, and then also you can be at a table in the crowd and pull up a Doc Rivers press conference on Zoom
1: on the internet, which you could right. actually do. Which from home I could anyway. be
2: doing right the same way I am right now on this call.
1: I feel uh, like. I feel like the Sixers, if they wanted, could just be like, we have to also weigh you. <laughs> and, they, and no one would know. Like, I guess they have to weigh me for the pandemic. Like, I guess they're checking. All right. Yeah. And so then they start like nagging you about your weight yeah. and to get you to not show up. So yeah. There were think,
2: no scales for me to have to stand on. But
1: OK, Just uh, I would say watch out for it. How did anybody <laughs> uh, on the on the court look who who? You know, we all watch the game, but was there anybody that you that you feel like is not getting talked about enough?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I will say that uh, part of the interesting stuff with me in the bubble was seeing which teams had like the most energy on their bench. Like Mm -hmm. if something good happens, which one has a team going crazy? Obviously, the Sixers were not at all that team. Yeah. Uh, And it seemed like, you know, they had a good thing going on the bench. And, you know, I'm sure this is exactly what Mike wants to hear, but. Uh, it seemed like good vibes among everybody. It's one of those deals in training camp where there are like 10 (laughs) seats and 20 guys. So they're all like sitting on the floor, like JJ Redick used to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they're all just like yelling every time there's a box. So I noticed that it definitely seemed like they're in a much better place chemistry wise than they were before.
0: Were any uh, of the players selling coffee for $20 with their own <laughs> coffee maker? Because, Nobody was
2: selling coffee. Okay. Believe right. it or not.
0: Yeah. Well, so so what is it? You're, you're back. You're, you're going to be one of the, the actual media now. You're part of it. What more can we expect from you with your writing? Like, oh, obviously, God. there should be a step up now. So yeah, I, well, I want to know what is, we can is expect. Is Sixers
1: Adam taking the leap?
2: Nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, sure. Why why the hell not? Uh, You know, I can talk to people now. I couldn't talk to people before. It's got to help me in some regard. In what regard? I do not know. Mm
0: -hmm. But we'll get there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You're able to, uh, you're able to do it. Um, you, I still imagine you are much smaller than all of the other writers, you know, physically. So, um, as Mike said, if anyone were to physically intimidate you, any of the other writers, whether that be Bodner, Tom Moore, Keith Pompey, yeah,
2: all very uh, combative people.
0: Yeah. Just, just let us know for sure. Yeah.
2: All right. Perfect.
0: <laughs> and We also, we do have to thank the, not even thank, I would say that the Sixers media and PR have quite, you said, you know, you're trying to get in there and figure it out. They also are trying to figure all of this out at the same time too. It's a pretty tough gig. So I can, I appreciate what they have to do, you know, and what they go through to make
1: it happen. You know what? Weigh the reporters. You guys deserve it. (laughs) You guys deserve to know how much everybody weighs.
2: Are they gonna measure our wingspan too? Just do the whole combine? No,
1: that's too cool. I don't think that really plays into the pandemic at all, wingspan. But I think weight, and I would say, like, maybe like a, like, you can, depending on how, like, the coloration of your teeth, like, you should be able to, like, are you brushing enough? I think is something that they should check. Wow. Uh,
2: but no, wigs, they, they're looking at my teeth, but I can't, you know, like, no, Wigsman has, not,
1: has nothing to do. With, no, you, you gotta, be, how much do you weigh? And are but you, but the color you of my
2: teeth glossing? and my weight definitely have to do with the pandemic.
1: But it, it's, this is, look, we all gotta make sacrifices. I feel like uh, if you're unwilling to make them, then I will revoke your credential. I'm just saying that I
2: have, so I'll be 0 for 2. That would be that's great. Right. Yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you miss you, Owl Netto generally, generally tonight?
2: Honestly, yeah. They could have used Hubble Netto. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I, I thought Netto was fine, but yeah, obviously they're not going to miss Howl Netto.
0: Well, Adam, before we good news. Before we let you go, y- your sponsor throughout this time has been uh, another Adam, Kasebi, the uh, official realtor of the process. And the news is Kasebi's in for 2021. Oh, wow. Very good. He's in. Here, Here is the wrap up of cassabi in 2020 um able to help 6 Ricky members into new real estate. 4 of them bought in Delaware and 4 and 2 of them in other areas. So 6 Ricky listeners with homes now because of you Adam and Adam Cassabi. Also, 10 clients refinance through Cassabi with his refinance people Paul and Jillian. Also, great great news. And then tons of other people who are just asking him about real estate advice, rental, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it was really successful. Um, apparently since the pandemic started, the Delaware beach stuff has like gotten very hot. There's a lot of people buying the Delaware beach real estate, get away from people who can work remotely. My fucking cat. Jesus Christ. Sorry, Adam. Kasabi, process realtor. Uh, my cat is all over the place. But uh it's going well. So if you if you wanna if you want to be one of those six people that bought a home through Adam, want to be one of the ten that refinance, not Sixers Adam, but Adam Kasabi, um, go to processrealtor.com. You can also just text Adam or call him 302-864-8643. I can't believe six people bought houses because of who we said to go to. It's actually kind of um, frightening uh 302-864-8643 uh and he makes sure sixers adam can can cover the sixers because he gives us the money that we give adam or email him adam at uh, process congratulations sixers adam thank you, you very much thank you're you you're official yeah we're all Thanks very very proud of you thank you uh, we hired a 17 year old basketball writer and uh he's now an 18 year old basketball writer he's sixers adam can you imagine being credentialed for an official sporting event when you're 18 years old? I think I did it when I was 20.
1: Oh, really? Uh-huh. What did you do so, when you were...
0: Oh, because you were Liberty Ballers at that point, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Some around then. Um, but Adam is taking it way more seriously than I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's good. Good for him. Yeah. Congratulations,
0: Adam. So Sweet guy. Yeah, very sweet guy. The... um. So, Sam Hanke reappeared on Twitter today, said he was going to tweet more, uh, also (laughs) appeared on, I believe the only podcast he's ever been on twice, he's on that fucking Financial Guys podcast again? Yeah. I I can't do it. I...
1: No, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I didn't even think about it. Um, I did think it was weird that he released his statement that he's going to tweet more through Kyrie. I thought that was an odd choice of Sam, um, but he has, you know, he has his motives and he has the guys that he trusts, and so I think, great, you know, whatever, whatever it takes, you know, don't it play is, with pawns, Sam. It is amazing
0: that he does a podcast, and I looked at it and I was like, oh, financial guy, no, 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 I did this with you <laughs> once, nope, nope, love you, man, but no thanks. So he maybe released, a little less financial podcast, a little more solving email, okay? Yeah, yeah, come on, you promised that two years ago. So, but he did launch the official website of 87 Capital, his uh, VC fund, which he talked at length with, with Pablo Torre. A couple of funny things. One funny thing from somebody who said repeatedly that he never said, trust the process. There are only like two sections on, on the website. One is who we are. And the other one is called the process. On the website so leaning right into it i just want to read some quotes about this which are to me read like you remember scott o'neill's book <laughs> they read like if scott o'neill was a better writer but saying the same thing so first subject um fewer deeper relationships 87 capital is designed so we can spend some time together if you want to not you with the firm, not you with the partnership, you and me. Text, DM, WhatsApp, Telegram, whatever. Let's communicate in the way you prefer. What do I prefer? Not once every 90 days in a stale boardroom meeting. Who's he talking to right now? <laughs> uh, the next section of the process, a place you'll belong. By the way, this is written like a senior facility or a nursery school, not like a venture capital firm that you need. Anyway, a place you'll belong. We'll get plenty done uh, hmm. synchronously, asynchronously. We'll get plenty done asynchronously. When I get off the phone, I hope you'll think, I'm glad I called Sam. Let's aim for something deeper kneeled though. I'll count laughs. And meals with our backyard as a favorite kitchen. There's room for you at our family table. Come on over.
1: <laughs> you know what? I never fully considered that we were strapazoids involved in a circle jerk. But I do but maybe. think, hearing this, yeah. maybe we were. Maybe the wool was pulled over our eyes and your dad was right yeah. about us, whatever. You know, he handed me a packet of Kool-Aid at one of the lottery parties. <laughs> yeah. Maybe And maybe the maybe the, that veil is gone now. Yep. And now that Sammy, he's writing second-person letters <laughs> to people to come hang in his <laughs> backyard table. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Sam. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I'd be, two more.
0: Um, Also from the process section, uh, header, what tales will you retell? I'm trying to compound capital and wisdom and trust. I can only help you with your life's unwritten chapters if I know where you want the story to go. What are we really after here? What would success look like? Of course then i'll be curious to imagine your big dreams to think hard on what's likely to make them come to life to find incredible people to help you and to learn as we go
1: i'm trying to think what i would enjoy less (laughs) reading a a full book of that those kinds of things in that type of uh phrasing and stylistically for sam yeah, with nothing about the Sixers whatsoever, or a full Scott O'Neill book about uh, becoming a Mormon and uh, how he <laughs> brought himself up by his bootstraps and had no help whatsoever. Uh, and I think i I think I would rather hate read a a Scott book because wow, because the Sam book might upset me too much, wow. well, i I can't leave I can't leave this section without talking
0: about the other section of the website, The Winners, and just, Read you this. The, and and by the way, anyone who doesn't know what a venture capital firm is, all he does is take money and invest it in small companies. That's what a venture capital firm does. They take money and invest it in small companies and hope they get big and make lots of money. All right. The, the, um, the, the top, the subject, load stars for life, load stars for a life. Mine. I don't know what a lodestar is. Do you know what that word is? You're a writer. Uh, uh,
1: a lodestar? L-O-D-E star? I think it is like a, yeah. Okay. Like an inspiration. Like a, okay. a, a, t- a touchstone that you're like sort of, you're guiding, you're guiding light, I guess.
0: These aren't some trite playbook These aren't some trite playbook for how to make your startup a success. Building an enduring company is hard. Instead, these are markers for people I want to spend time with. These relentlessly resourceful types succeed. The evidence is everywhere. The companies they conjure up are memory machines for those that join in. They make for stunning colleagues that I'd love to partner with, to serve, to befriend, and I learn a ton from them. It's so
1: weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Anybody that reaches a level of fame or success, I think mm-hmm. yes. I think loses a part of their brain. Mhm. And I can't wait um, until I'm there. I cannot wait until I'm saying the dumbest shit you've ever heard with just like terms that make sense <laughs> to very few people. Maybe I'm doing that now. I don't know. I kid there's no way to tell. I certainly haven't been successful enough to to feel like I've lost my mind, but I look forward to it. And I guess I guess maybe if someone could let me know if I'm there. Your memory machine. Um, it it
0: feels fitting to end on this mailbag question, considering what we just what we just uh, what we just read. So this comes into the Lorenzo Brown mailbag from Nick uh, writes Ricky Sanchez
1: at gmail.com. This is important. I and want it, to have it, Sam and his it, wife on the podcast so we can make fun of Sam together. I feel like that would be great. <laughs> she'd be easier to a book, I, I think. I feel like she'd she'd be we'd really hit it off because we both yeah. obviously have a lot of love for this man. Maybe she mm-hmm. has more than I do, but we feel from the same place and it would just like let's just rip on him together. That would be great. In good, you know, good-naturedly. Yeah, maybe a maybe a round table
0: with his wife and uh Brian's wife, um, maybe just <laughs> get on a different the GM- podcast. It's a different GMI. podcast. It's yeah. a
1: very separate podcast. And I would obviously open an invitation for Barbara to come on the podcast whenever she wants. Thank you, Barbara. So this
0: mailbag question comes from Nick. I'm going to start with my non-basketball question first. The sitting versus standing debate has been mind-blowing to follow as I had no idea people actually stood up to wipe surprising to us as well. By the way, several polls now indicate that number is around 35%. But in broaching the number with my friends, I have found another oddity that both intrigues and disturbs me. I wipe sitting down and I come in from the side with one pivot foot to create a better angle. Apparently, some people, presumably only males, wipe without a pivot foot in between their legs. Mm -hmm. Thus, they are wiping back to front, digging all the way underneath, rather than coming in from the side. Why in God's name would one shove their entire arm into the toilet bowl like that in such an inefficient way to wipe? Am I crazy or is this a thing to be upset about? Uh, I would never consider going through the legs.
1: No, I mean, that that's something you do if you drop something in there by mistake, like your phone or yeah. a ring or something. You reach, yeah. That's not, that can't be your regular (laughs) zone. It can't can't
0: be. It's not the right way. What this guy's saying, that go in from the side
1: is the right way. Um, You have to. I mean, I will occasionally, I get how it could feel weird. Like sometimes if like I have like a, you know, if I hurt my hand or something or something on my right side and you'll try to go left and it feels very odd and surreal using your other hand, at least for me. Mm -hmm. but you know you get used to it after a time going going down the middle is such a misguided choice it's disgusting it's i want to drag my knuckles along the just the top of the water uh i feel like i feel like people should know by now
0: Let me pull all of the stuff to the front. Uh, I just... The front of your underwear must smell... All right. His second question, his basketball question. I've seen a lot of comments on a Maxi fultz comparison. How are their college games similar and different? What is Tyrese Maxi's upside? 80% of what we hope Fultz would be. Um, This is a, a you question.
1: Oh, man. I mean, Fultz was such a better college player. Uh, mm-hmm. not not close um, are they similar in how they play to you a little I mean they have a little Foltz was a that's weird to say that was a better uh, more consistent shooter from the outside and uh, had more had just a more consistent level of like shake to his game not shake mm-hmm. Milton just like a shake a level of like hesitation obviously we, we all remember the Hezzy pull up Jimbo's but um, but i would also say like longer on the perimeter um generally just like mate could make tougher shots is was a better prospect it's it's not close. Yeah. and I, I really obviously very much believe in Fultz as an nba player had the whole shooting thing not gone down the way it did um but yeah, I think Maxi as far as like like hopefully the shot comes along to where he's a consistent like 36, 37% shooter, like and can and can do a little bit like going behind if they go behind screens and stuff. Um, I think the the floater in that mid range gives him a level of uh, of being able to be a three level scorer, whether it's pulling up or whether that's uh, getting to the rim and and you know, making bigs, you know manipulating big so that they can come out so he can can have a path he's a little bit smaller he's, he doesn't play above the rim as much as Fultz could um but I I, I think 80 percent is a, like a reasonable expectation I think I think Maxie is probably more of like a I'd say he probably like hustles more maybe maybe <laughs> just because the way like Fultz looks uh looks like he looks more graceful and kind of yeah. you know glidey um, but I would say at least like visually Maxie is more of like a go down and get it. I will think, I, I forget if someone asked this or someone tweeted at us, but like Maxie is definitely capable of being the Tony Roden slap the hardwood guy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For and, sure. uh, and I don't think Foltz is, has that mentality. Um, and I, th- I think Tyrese Maxie has a lot of like underdog vibe to him being smaller and, and a little bit unconventional. Um, but yeah, I think I think eighty percent of faults is like a, a relatively reasonable expectation.
0: Yeah, I I was gonna say to my eye, he just seems everything seems more compact that Maxi does compared to faults. Like faults seemed like rangy and mm-hmm. shifty, and Maxi doesn't seem that way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but He's I think a little bit was, more like sudden, I would say Maxi yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yes, that's what I mean. Um, yeah, for sure. All right, well, when's the is the other game on Thursday? I don't even know when it is. Um, let's see. I know they have two preseason games. Uh, Friday. Friday. Friday against the Pacers. Yep, and 6 o'clock that game is. This one's at 7.30. What the fuck? Uh, and then we'll have a, our season preview pod on Saturday, and then the season starts next week, next Wednesday, against the, uh, the Washington Wizards. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. So weird. Let's do um, it. We'll talk to you Saturday. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, lick face.
2: If you don't fuck with me then, me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then won't, I won't fuck with you. with you.
1: If you don't fuck with me, then, then I, I, won't I won't fuck, fuck you. with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't
2: fuck with you that if you fuck with me. I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time gonna fucking kill you.